Christian is light by simply being a Christian. He is light by his different way of life, which is the life that Jesus taught in the Beatitudes. Good morning. We are continue, continuing in our study on the Sermon on the Mount. Today we are going to look at Christians as the light of the world. Our reading is Matthew 15 verses 14 to 16. Shall we pray? Father, you loved us and died on the cross that we might receive the gift of eternal life. You've called us, Lord, to be the light of the world and to tell others in the whole world that there's a God in heaven who truly loves them and there's a Savior who died for each one of them as a demonstration of his love for you and for me. My prayer, Lord, is that those who hear this message today will open their hearts to you and invite you into their lives that you may be Lord and Savior of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let us read Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> so after Jesus had instilled a sense of identity and a sense of mission into his disciples, he now begins to instruct them in the way they should go about living in the world and in the way they should, they should go about influencing the world, positively influencing the world. And so he turns to them and, 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 and tells them, you are the light of the world. In his view, the world was in a state of deep darkness and only his disciples were able to solve the problem. That's the way we are going to look at our, uh, our message this morning. Now the world we live in is still in a state of darkness 
in spite of all our pretensions to the contrary. This is the biblical view of the world, that it is in total darkness and evil, sin and evil pervade every, every area of human life. And we Christians are called to be the light of the world. Last Sunday, we talked about Christians as salt of the earth and also touched on the how useless a Christian is who has lost his saltiness. Now, um, the world, unfortunately, sees itself differently. Today, we boast that we are the most enlightened generation in all human history. That we have made so much progress in the areas of technology, in the area of scientific discoveries. I mean, these are a knowledge explosion. At the touch of a button, you can get information of all kinds on any subject and answers to all kinds of questions at the touch of a button. And so for the world, this is what light means. And so with all this knowledge, there can't be any darkness, but only light. But where did this problem come from? When did we, in this generation, where does the generation, where does the darkness that is in the world today that is affecting this generation come from? And to give us an answer, I would like us to go back to a bit of history and, um, and, and trace the root of this problem the original problem, of course, is Adam and Eve. The world descended into darkness because they fell into sin and were separated from God. But every generation has experienced its own darkness because of their, its own actions, because of the way they have lived, the way they have viewed God. So back a little bit to about two centuries ago uh, to give us some light into where our problem comes from. Now, back in the 17th and the 18th century, there was a period in Europe which was called the Enlightenment or the Age of Reason. This, this name, you know, the Age of Reason, the Enlightenment, is in contrast to the preceding era which was called the Dark Ages. And this Dark, uh, the, the dark Ages, um, I mean, uh, um, began, uh, according to history, from the collapse of the Western part of the Roman Empire. Now, with all the you know, advanced knowledge of the, of the time, of the Romans and the Greeks and all that, the collapse of the Roman Empire, the Western part of the 
Roman Empire uh, caused the world to begin to go back into darkness. But now, the 17th and 18th centuries, this movement came up. Now, up until then, 17th, 18th century or thereabout, most of Europe was uh, regarded as a Christian continent. And um, just about every sector of life uh, was subject to the authority of the Bible. The Bible was a source of knowledge on most subjects. Just, I mean, the, the, the only learned people actually were church leaders and ministers. The Enlightenment was basically a cultural and scientific movement which has had both positive and negative impact on the world, on world affairs, um, especially over the last um, couple centuries. Positively, the Enlightenment greatly transformed the social, economic, and political circumstances of Western Europe. And because then the European nations had colonies everywhere, the, this influence spread to the rest of the world as well. Now the Enlightenment kind of mobilized the world of that time against God himself, against the Bible, and against religion generally. That is the negative part. It engineered a rebellion against God. He, they described religion and faith as mere superstitions. The movement, according to them, was a true light. The Enlightenment promoted reason, science, and progress as the only way that they could create better societies and better people as well in pursuit of more freedom for, for personal freedom and liberties and happiness the bible and religion were seen as obstacles due to their moral guidelines and moral restraints then the, the enlightenment wanted utter unfettered individual freedom of choice. As for God, the Enlightenment held that he did not exist or he did not matter anyway, and he had no place in human affairs. <clears throat> Even the Bible was rewritten by some of them in which all references to miracles and the supernatural were removed. And so with no God and with no religion to interfere in human affairs, the, the philosophers and the politicians took charge and control. And they promised the world that, they, that indeed the world was about to witness true freedom and progress. Man was 
at long last on an upward journey to glory, trusting only in himself. There will be no more war, they promised. Only peace and happiness. Why? Because of reason. Because people would use reason. And whenever they might, there was a dispute, which was unlikely anyway, because people are learned and people are wealthy and progressive and civilized and good-mannered and are satisfied, there will be no war. But in case there are disputes, all they needed to do is use reason and diplomacy to settle such disputes. The question is, did this happen? Did they deliver? Well, history tells us absolutely not. On the contrary, this new knowledge also included the knowledge of doing evil. It included knowledge of, uh, of, of making weapons of mass destruction. And so what they leave, delivered almost immediately was revolution, such as the French Revolution, the First World War, the Second World War, the Cold War, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, you know, um, the, the wars in the Middle East, wars everywhere and conflicts everywhere in, 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 in various parts of the world, as well as apartheid and racial prejudice. Why did things happen this way? Now, the Bible tells us, the book of Exodus tells us that in Egypt, Pharaoh had asked Moses, who is the Lord? that I should obey him? I do not know the Lord. The Enlightenment did the same thing. They had replaced the knowledge of God with human knowledge. And so, as it happened in Egypt, as Egypt suffered a period of darkness and various calamities, so the world today suffers from period from a period of darkness and various I mean, calamities keep on coming back to haunt our lives. The world, my friends, is in total darkness. And these things always happen when man occupies the place of God and worships himself and his achievements. You are the light of the world, therefore, says Jesus to his disciples 2,000 years ago, the world was in darkness and needed light at that time. In spite of the highly sophisticated knowledge and wisdom of the Greeks, as well as the well-organized structures of, gov of, of gov government under Roman rule. You are the light of the world, my dear friends. Jesus is telling his disciples today. But what does this mean? What does it mean for you and I to be the light of the world? Number one, God is light of the world. Apostle John says, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. First John 1.15 And God made light to appear on the earth at creation. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. At this point, darkness 
uh, appears to have been good along with all that God had created. Indeed, the prophet Isaiah says in 45, 7, chapter 45, verse 7, God says, I form the light and create darkness. I think it, I mean, it was only um, when Adam and Eve sinned that sin and evil uh, found their home uh, in darkness. Number two, Jesus is light of the world, is the light of the world. The Gospel of John once again introduces Jesus as light and life. Uh, as, as life and light of men, which shines in the darkness, John 1.4. And, uh, and, and, and after, after Jesus had forgiven the woman caught in adultery, he told the people, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is John 8, 12. Now, number three, Christians are the light of the world. Now, from these scriptures, it is clear why Christians are the light of the world. It is simply because God in Christ lives in each individual Christian's life. Because Christians are children of God, the light of God dwells in them. But you brothers are not in the darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Now light, in this sense, uh, actually no sense really, it means the absence of darkness. And darkness means the absence of light. The two are therefore mutually exclusive. That is what the Beatitudes were meant to do. They were meant to drive out darkness from us that we might reflect the light of Jesus and be the light of the world. And so let us look um, now at the Christian as light. So you are the light of the world. So what? Now, light dispels darkness and exposes the things that belong to darkness. So, according to the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus began to preach, it was in fulfillment of a prophecy that said, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. But the Bible says that even though the light had come through Jesus, the people of the world loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Furthermore, evildoers hate the light and will not come to the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But the one who lives by the truth comes into the light that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. That is according to Gospel of John chapter 3, verses 19 to 21. Now, so when, when Jesus says you are the light of the world, he means only you, only you who have come to his light 
and have been separated from the life of darkness can be light. Only you can make change, can bring about change in the world. A Christian is light by simply being a Christian. He is light by his different way of life, which is the life of Jesus, which is the life that Jesus taught in the Beatitudes. His life shows that is another and better way of life than the life based on worldly standards. He is light by his life and witness. Now the woman caught in adultery was about to be stoned to death according to the law. As you know, the law condemned sinners or condemned sin in, in, in people, but it, 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 it didn't quite offer a solution for their sin. That was a problem with the enlightenment as well. And all other efforts and all other movements to improve on human life. And that's the reason why the world still lives in darkness. The problem is this. The world seeks to improve man's condition through the light of reason and knowledge, through science and technology, through social progress, wealth, health, freedom, education, democracy, human rights, and the good life without seeking to define the actual condition of man or explain its cause. But light explains the cause of darkness. It is man's separation from God. Nothing more, nothing less. Sin is a cause of all our troubles and all our griefs and all our sorrows. The philosophers and the intellectuals behind the enlightenment led the world in a universal revolt against the very idea of a creator God and replaced the biblical account of creation with their own theory of evolution. They did away with the religion and replaced it with secularism. They, want, they, they wanted to create a secular society and they got it, a godly society in, it, in other words. They insisted that this physical world is all there is and, there, and there's no supernatural world beyond or anywhere else. They maintained that reason is all that man needed to rule the world. This, unfortunately, is what has been taught throughout the two centuries I mentioned in our universities and in our colleges. It is the subject of most of the books that we find in our bookshops today. How to make yourself better, how to improve your life, how to be promoted, how to be rich without working, stuff like that. How to, how to, it's you, it's you. You know, it is me, it is me. I want to be better, I want to be good. I want to be ahead of everyone else. I want everything. That's why the world, my dear friends, is in a state of darkness. The men and the women who rule our world today, who control the, 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 the systems of governance and, uh, and, 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 and the economies of this world, are men and women in the majority, uh, at least the majority of them, uh, without God. And, 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 and uh, they are put in, pla in, in a place of authority and leadership on the basis of their 
academic qualifications and their technical skills are not their moral character. Their level of success is measured in terms of their financial bottom line. It is in terms of results. Nobody ever cares how these results are achieved. It is profit at any cost, even if it costs human life. My dear friends, there can never be any true sense of freedom or peace or joy. It doesn't matter how wealthy we become or how knowledgeable we become or how powerful we have. There can never be true freedom, no peace, no joy, no sense of well-being as long as our guilt on account of sin dwells in us. In other words, as, as, as long as God's wrath and judgment hung over our heads. True freedom, true happiness and joy cannot be experienced by those who sins have been forgiven. As for knowledge, let's ask, let, let us ask King Solomon. He was the wisest and the wealthiest man who ever lived. And he says, for with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more the knowledge, the more the grief. Ecclesiastes 1.8. Just look at the world then, my friend, and tell me if this statement is false or whether it is true. Now, who is right? The Enlightenment philosophers and intellectuals or our Lord Jesus Christ? Is it their literature or is it the gospel of Jesus Christ? My dear friends, so what must we do then? Jesus says, let your light shine. Verse 16, Matthew 5, 16. Christians are the light of the world for a specific purpose. Apostle Paul, Peter says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. First Peter 2 and 9, 2 verse 9. This is the, the purpose that God, this is the, the, the purpose for which God has called us to himself. This is the purpose he has for us. God called you and I out of darkness in order to be his witnesses to the world. We are to let our light shine. Jesus taught that salt, which has lost its saltiness, is useless. In the same manner, light is useless if it does not give light. The parable of the ten virgins makes this point clear. So Jesus points out, you know, the rather obvious. He says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that it can give light to everyone in the house. Therefore, continued Jesus, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and, grace, and praise your Father in heaven. As a city on a hill cannot be hidden, 
a true Christian cannot be hidden. A person living and behaving as a Christian will obviously stand out. He will be noticed. His character and his good deeds will distinguish him from everyone else. His saltiness and his light will be evident to all. And people will be attracted to Christ because of his good deeds. Next Sunday, my dear friends, I would like us to go back again to history and, 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 and to revisit some Christians who took this message seriously and put it into practice and in their time became the salt and the light of their nations and of the world and let us learn and, and hope that we can learn from them how we ourselves can be light of, a, of our world in a practical sense. In the meantime, Jesus declares to you and I, you are the light of the world. But friends, are you really? Are you letting your light shine in darkness? Is your life like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden? Or are you ashamed to be identified with Jesus? Do you confess and share Jesus with others? Or do you, like Peter, tell people, I don't know him. I don't know him. I have never seen him. Is your life and witness like a lamp on a stand or like one hidden under a bowl? My dear friends, the world around us is in terrible darkness and the world is becoming more and more dangerous, more unruly, more disorderly, more lawlessness, more corrupt. Let us make our light shine by doing good deeds to everyone we meet. By so doing, we will be declaring the goodness of God to the whole world and people will get to know that truly God is a true light of the world and that the Christian church acts as God's representative as the true light of this world. And may God bless you, my dear friends, as you do that. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You have spoken. Help us all to arise and go out and shine our light into this dark place. Amen and amen.